says, fear, fear, fear. But Yeshua says, do not be alarmed, for you will see wars and rumors of wars, but the end is not imminent yet. Brothers and sisters, today we are standing in an age where we're looking around and many of us are asking the question, what is going on? What does this all mean? I want to submit to you that what we do see is indeed a sign, one of the markers that God gives his people to awake them, to let them see, look at what is ahead of us, that there is a spiritual war that he calls each and every one of us to. You know, when there is a boot camp, no one attends it when they believe that there is no, no war to prepare for. But the moment that people see on the horizon what is coming, they're called to a boot camp to prepare to get ready for the war in front of them. And so we are being drafted right now for a spiritual war to be prepared to walk like Yeshua walked so that at the time of persecution, as the Bible says, not me, no one else. The Bible says that a time of persecution is coming, a time that is going to be trying on us all. But how will we prepare? We're going to be prepared in the same way Moses was. We're going to be prepared by the Holy Spirit of God, learning to trust in him so that just as Moses split the sea, we, if we are faced with such a situation that we would be prepared, ready to walk in the spirit, to trust the Lord for these greater things. And so today, tonight, we're going to be looking at the life of Yeshua. How did he come to a place where he knew the things no one else knew? He did things no one else did. He had humility that no one else had, and he could withstand persecution like no one else could, even offering himself up voluntarily to the greatest persecution ever to be crucified for us all. And so tonight I'm excited. I'm um, I want to welcome my special guest, Nathan. Brother, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. I'm really excited to chat with you about this. Oh, brother, it is any time that <clears throat> I can join and lock shields with you and your wife and, and just the ministry, it, uh, it's a good time. I, I just love you and your, your family and just the work of the, or just the Holy Spirit that, you know, has been empowering and just really, you know, as we've gotten to know each other, Petey, um, you, you've always shared, you know, you really knew that you were sent to America from South Africa to really bring um, what the Father had really spoken, you know, to put words in your mouth, but to really help empower the body of Messiah here in America that have been walking in the rhythms of, of truth to really understand that there's, there is the spirit and there is the place of of power and that there is a place of of intimacy and so you know just being able to spend time with you and and uh, really like-minded brother you know we have very similar i believe callings and anytime i get to get on here with you and and just talk bible and talk yeshua and talk holy spirit especially in in the hours in the moments in the minutes that we're in right now i, I think um I'm looking forward to tonight, not not so much because I'm on here with you, but because honestly, 
I've tried to live my life this last 18 months where there's a song by Kim Walker um, in the early 2000s and it's, you won't relent. And she says, I'm not gonna talk about you like you're not in the room. Um, and that's why I'm excited tonight because he's here, he's with us, he's with you, he's with me, he's with all of the amazing listeners. Um, and, and what your intro was there is it's very true. You know, I think of Yeshua and, and that John 16, 33, when he says, these things I've spoken to you that you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. If you go to First Peter chapter four, it says, don't think it's strange concerning the tribulation and the trial that is upon you. And I think, unfortunately, um, and I'm, I'm really excited to get into some of our subject matter tonight, but I've been saying it this last several weeks, cultural Christianity is not going to prepare believers, um, I believe for the thresholds we're crossing and, and the time and biblical history that we're, we're entering into. And this is why secret time with the Holy Spirit in your prayer closet and um, acting and learning to have a, a God consciousness, which is to me, I, I'm serious. I just, I talk to him all the time and I'll even talk to him out loud. And, and sometimes people think I'm talking to myself or I'm, I'm like, no, actually I'm, I'm just talking to him. You know, I, I think of just the ministry of the Holy Spirit and who he is and, and his office and what he's on the earth doing right now. Um, it's, it's just, I think so important for us as believers to just realize that with what's in front of us, we have nothing to fear. Because I believe for the most of our audience watching this, we probably have found the rhythms of the front of the Bible. We are trying our best to do Bible things, Bible ways. We're trying to unplug the ancient path and, and go back to the ancient way where the good way is, like it says in Jeremiah. And I just think that most of us here should look, look in that perfect law of liberty and look in the perfect reflection of the scriptures and the works of the Messiah and just say, for such a time as this. Mm. I know it's cliche, but it really is for such a time as this. So, Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Good to see you too. Thanks so much for joining. I, I think what you just hit on is great. The and that's what I want us to start with tonight is, you know, week studying the Bible, knowing the Bible, very powerful, very important. But there's something that I believe the Father really is speaking right now in this time to us all, and that is to get in that secret place, and and especially more specifically, I think He's saying to some of us, stop putting that off, because sometimes I think a lot of us are are finding ourselves without even realizing it, saying to our father in heaven, maybe later, maybe later, you know, I have this to do, I have that to do, maybe later, you know, he's, he's calling our heart to that place. Maybe later, we say there's always something else in front of us. I mean, this life is so busy. 
But the question is, is what is your priority? Because when we think about the life of Yeshua and and anyone really who was used powerfully, we see that it began all with that secret place, him and the father and the person. And, and if we think about this, you know, brother, it's just like I was just thinking about this yesterday is is the incredible. I don't think we think about like how how could I open a door to a room, enter that room, close the door behind me. There's no one else in the room, but the creator of the universe is there and he is he is there. That's what's called the secret place. It's secret, but he is there and he sees what is in secret and his presence being there. I could open my mouth and he hears every word, every every thought, every worry, every care, every cry, every every question whatever we have, he hears it. And so much of us, I think we, you know, we've taken that so much for granted. And what if right now is really what's happening over there on the other side of the world for some of us granted. But what if that is a call for us all to pray for what's happening there, but pray for ourselves to be prepared for when what is happening there comes to our doorsteps, because the Bible says the hatred that the that Satan is going to come and make war with the seed. And we, if you're part of Abraham's seed through belief in Messiah grafted in, you are part of who he makes war with. So that war in the Middle East, we know it's a spiritual war. So if that is a spiritual war, does that not mean where well, we are included in that war? That's just some of my, my initial thoughts, brother, on that. I don't know what you can share with us about prayer and yeah no i i think you know if we allow yeshua's words to really govern our life if we really begin to allow the scriptures to carry weight and we begin to look at not what church the church fathers and many denominations and different doctrines have said I mean, the scripture is pretty emphatic that we're refined by fire and that God uses the adversity. He uses the nations that rage to really refine you and me because that's what tribulation and trials and persecution is really meant for. It's meant to refine you and me. It's meant that when God says that that those that believe on Yeshua, that we have eternal life, but we're also sons of the Creator. Let me restate that again. You watching this, if your mouth confesses, if you are someone who truly believes that Yeshua is the Lamb of God died for you, took the penalty of the sin, the judgment the Torah required. He died that death and became the second Adam. And we know that first Adam in the natural, by his sin, death entered in. And I believe in Romans, it then goes, but by the second Adam, that life-giving spirit, 
I believe one of the main reasons, and there's other reasons, but one of the nuances, Yeshua was crucified because he had this radical, radical understanding that you watching this, he came to take your penalty so you can be a son and a daughter of him. Not in idea, not in symbology, but literal. Hebrews, Ephesians, many of these places, the author Paul and some of the others says, I don't know what we will be like, but when we see him talking about Yeshua, we will be like him. See, if the creator of the universe truthfully made us in his likeness because he wanted sons, he wanted daughters, he wanted family, that's pretty intense. And for God to allow you and me to be sons and daughters of him and to allow us to become this kingdom kid he won't let sin enter the kingdom ever again Re rebellion's not going to happen again this whole fall from from lucifer and what we read in ezekiel and isaiah and what we read in genesis this 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 cleansing and him refining us he he's not going to grant us the opportunity to be sons and daughters without us being tried by fire and, and getting the dross and getting the flesh and getting the, the Nathan and getting the ego and getting the pride and getting the fear. He's going and he's coming back for a spotless bride. And so I think we, even though it's not easy, you know what, Father? Try me by fire. And, I, and I'm careful with those words because I believe there's power in words and prayer and our conversations. But we are born for this moment and this day and this hour. And it's going to come with a refinement. But it's because we, if we only can understand the, the, the reality of what the price that was paid for you and I. And I think for me, that's been such a, a transformational moment the last several years of trying to allow my understanding and my revelation and my intimacy when I get alone with him and I talk about him. And we need to pray too, Petey, before we keep going here in a second. I want you to pray for us. But, but he's more real on this video than you are, than me. He's more real than any of the viewers watching this. He is so, Acts 17 says, in him we live, we move, and we have our being. He's not some God that's far off. He's nigh, he's in your mouth. And that's powerful. Amen. Will you hey, pray, I, though? You yeah, pray? yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Father, we just pray for everyone watching right now, Lord. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just make yourself mm -hmm. so manifest that, as Nathan is saying, Lord, indeed, Father, you are more real than anything, than anyone, than the physical itself. And I ask that anyone watching, Lord, would experience you tangibly, that they would experience your spirit, that they would experience your love for them. And the cry, the call, Lord, that you are putting on their lives to love you, to walk a sold out life out for you and your kingdom. 
And Father, help us, Lord, to be prepared, Father, for whatever um, refining you have for us. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Uh, brother, amen. That, that was wonderful. I, I want to add, you know, to, to make that practical of the scriptures. I think the Garden of Gethsemane, which we read, you know, just as the crucifixion is about to take place, is such a great example of this. And man, I just pulled it up right here. I just want to read it for us here. Two verses. He says in Mark 14, 37, and he came and found them, his disciples sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. And, you know, I, I want us all to just see that, you know, that last part, which is really he's explaining why they were falling asleep, because I believe the disciples, they wanted to stay awake in their spirit. They wanted to support Yeshua, but their flesh was keeping them back. And our flesh is what we all have to fight. That flesh that, like I just earlier said, that says maybe later there, I'm busy. There's this and there's that and or I'm tired. And, and then you have to ask, you know, like, like what, why was Yeshua, why was Jesus so adamant about them praying in this time? You know, he's the one who's about to go to be crucified. You could potentially, you can understand why he is, but why is he calling them as well? Because they themselves were facing uh, the temptation to deny the Messiah, because that is what persecution does. And that's what like we're talking about preparing for for things getting harder. Persecution is there to it's going to test you to see whether when think when, when when things are hard, when your life is on the line, when your child's life is on the line, when as bad as it could get, if it gets that bad, will you deny the Messiah? That is what Peter faced, as we all know. And that's why. And you know what I find interesting uh, as brother is is when you look at just a few verses later here, I'm just going to I'll show this as well. Verse 41 and it says, and he came to the he came the third time. Right. So like he he's coming back to them because they keep falling asleep. And the third time he came and said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has comes. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. And so this he, he came three times. And as we know, famously, Peter denied the Messiah ultimately. Uh, those three times. So our call to be able to withstand the temptation to deny the Messiah in the hour of our trial, we cannot do it without prayer because the flesh is too weak. Yeshua said to himself, the flesh is going to be too weak for what is in front of us. We have to have the spirit, the Holy Spirit, be made strong in us and prayer and fasting is going to be the tool that God has given us that is going to prepare us to face that. Oh, man. You know, what's wild in that scripture is. What do you think Peter's thinking, right? The beginning of the ministry, Yeshua asks, hey, Simon, who do they say I am? And he says, you're the Messiah, you're the anointed one, you're the Christ. And he said, who taught you that? And he, and he, and he said, you know, revelation from the Holy Spirit. And he says, no longer will I call you Simon, I'll call you Peter. Bro, at the end of the ministry, he didn't call him Peter. <laughs> he called him who he used to be. He, uh. he called him not his new man, right? He, 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 he said, hey, Simon, I, I'm just 
if I'm at the foot of the Messiah and he's given me a new name, anytime he called me probably by the old dude, <laughs> that should be like, uh, oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Mm. Where's my first love? Where's my passion? Where's my heart at? Where, 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 where is this, 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 um, have I gotten casual? Have I gotten lukewarm? Am I, if have I just had a concept of God? And I think this is what many, as I've experienced since the, since the coat and since some of the, 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 the disruptions and what we know is happening in the Middle East. And it really hits my heart. I've spent the last 18 months, a lot of times over there. And I'm very familiar with Jordan and Israel and, and Egypt and, and, and Greece and, and just the region. And, uh, you know, I think in the days that we're in, um, what I've sensed in this last 10 days, two weeks, is amongst the brethren, amongst the believers, I, I was graced by having to go through some very hard times when I was younger. Some of my own poor choices, I was incarcerated, I, I, I did, I was living an ungodly life and, and, and the Father just showed me grace that I don't deserve. But I've been through some pretty crazy difficult times where my life really was threatened. Um, and looking back, some of those moments have been a blessing because my wife always says now when anything bad happens or any kind of disaster happens or any kind of, you know, challenge happens. I also did some military when I was younger, some training. And one of the biggest reasons people die is they lose their composure or they, they overreact or they get into this impulsivity. And I think we sometimes, for me, the trials and the tribulations that you go through, those testings, right? When tests are on, the real you comes out. Look at Simon Simon Peter there. You know, when the test was on, when, when we got to the, the threshold, um, he kind of went back to his default setting there. He went back to maybe some of his old ways and, and at least Yeshua called him Simon. Maybe that's not intentional, but it's pretty, all, pretty unique that it's in the scriptures. And so I think you know, the testing and the trials and some of the difficulties and adversities, it also is helping you subconsciously prepare. But this is what I've noticed in the last 10 days, two weeks. People who are believers, who have been living and walking and preparing for the return of Messiah, you know us Hebraic folk, we're all about the end times, and, <laughs> uh, you know, but what I saw, PD, it went from being a head knowledge to being, hey, we're at Sukkot, we're preparing one day, Yeshua's going to come back and we're going to tabernacle and we do the trumpets and we blow the shofars and the silver trumpets and the day of atonement and we're afflicting our soul. I saw a downshift when, when this last two weeks, you can... I can sense, maybe it's just because of maybe the sensitivity of, my, of the time with the Holy Spirit. And, um, but I bet most of you can sense with the brothers and sisters, there's a, a little edginess. There's a little uneasiness. There's a beginning to be a reality of like, mm -hmm. oh, it, this is real. This is real. Um, and uh, I just think 
fasting and prayer is the greatest gift that God ever gave us because fasting and prayer, well, first off, it literally is, it's the, it's the direct connect to the throne room of heaven. It really is. God hears you. God sees you. But fasting is such an important tool because it's a tangible tool. And I did a teaching a while back on, on fasting in that there are three areas in our lives that kind of run humanity. It's, it's our appetite. It's our belly. It's our ego, our pride, and our sensuality, the longing for a companion. Well, as I'm learning to bring my body into subjection, like Paul talks about, and I'm learning to deny my flesh and pick up my cross, and as I'm learning to um, pursue the things of the spirit and not the things of the flesh, in this word called sanctification, in my pursuit, right, if I have a slip up and I watch pornography, or I would cheat on my wife, or I would, in the pursuit of that sanctification, dropping the ball there is sin and, and there's forgiveness, but you're, you're, you're affecting and hurting relationship with you and him, the Holy Spirit. But when I'm fasting and I'm trying to overcome my appetite, if I say, hey, today I'm going to fast and I mess up and I eat a, and I eat a cheeseburger because I just I, I stunk it up today. I, I, I was hungry. There's nowhere in the Bible that says eating the cheeseburger sin. Right. And, and again, I maybe made a commitment to the father that I want to fast for a day or a meal. And so, yeah, I maybe I'm going to fight some maybe some condemnation or maybe I'm going to have to fight some, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to spank me a little bit and say, hey, that was weak sauce, bro. But in, in the working of the tool of fasting, it's allowing me to learn how to bring my body into subjection in a way that I'm not sinning against the Father. And if you can learn to control your belly, you can learn to control your ego and also your sensuality. They're also interconnected. And so as we're entering into what I believe is such an important time, I just fasting and prayer is, is, is just it's not an if it's it's you have to and and i'll tell you even from sukkot this year we we established and maybe we can get into some of the sukkot stuff but we established at sukkot where i was at in indiana um a 24 7 prayer there there was somebody in the prayer room the entire sukkot just warring in the spirit and warring for the camp and warring for the country and i mean for like the i want to say the country it's let me that's a whole other conversation. Warring for the kingdom, let's say that. And um, and and what the biggest testimony from Sukkot, one of them, was that prayer room. People that were taking the two o'clock hour, two a.m. hour, the three a.m. hour, the one a.m. hour, the four a.m. hour, they were literally weeping and saying, "I met the Lord at four a.m. in this little closet in the prayer room of a sanctuary." And God met me and, and he spoke to me. And then the next day at service, things that they spoke to them about and were showing them, like it was trans, it was happening and, and they were seeing the camp and we were seeing tangible prayers being answered. And, and I just, there is a time, I believe, PD, Acts, I think it's 17, the same place where, where Paul is going to Athens and, and, it's the uh, uh, 
Acropolis, and he's on Mars Hill. And he says, I believe you're religious and you even have a statue to the unknown God. And, and he goes on and he says, in him, you live, you move, you have your being, he's in your mouth. And he says, in times past, God winked. But in the days from here on, Paul had some kind of revelation in the scripture that, that there was a moment now that I, the scripture says winked, but maybe had understanding, just had compassion. He's just, and he's the God of understanding how to rightly do this. But he said from that moment, you know, there was now a, a threshold that was crossed. And I, I really, Petey, think that this Sukkot, in, in my last 18 months overseas and my time in Jordan and, and in Edom and Moab and Amman and Gilead and, and Israel and, and uh, just the work that the Holy Spirit paused us to take us over there just to show us some things. Um, we're entering into a time that I think this Sukkot, we cross some spiritual threshold that the people of the book, the people that have found the rhythm of the front of the Bible, but are willing to allow the Holy Spirit a real place. It's not an it, it's not a the, it's a he, it's a him. He's more real than you. Um, I, I think that the people of God are about to begin to experience the three words that came from Sukkot, authentic, wholesome, and holy. The authentic presence of God doing exploits and confirming to the nations that the people of the book, the people that in Proverbs, it says that those that don't keep the Torah, their prayers are abominations. And, and, and I think God's going to begin to draw and make a distinction of surface Christianity, cultural Christianity, um, the traditions of men, the ways of the world, the ways of the nations, that God is going to begin to make a distinction and mm. us people of the book, we're going to begin to experience an authentic, an authentic move of the Holy Spirit. And I know we've, I can say that I've tasted it in years past. I've seen the power of God in years past. I know you have too. I know many of us on here have, have experienced that too. But I believe the Father is getting ready just to make a very clear distinction about the people of the book that are willing to allow the Bible mm. to be the authoritative voice and to actually do Bible things, Bible ways, and, and to actually realize like the, the Sabbath is for us. And it's not about who's right and it's who's wrong, but it's that weekly reminder that I'm coming. There's a, there's a millennial kingdom coming. See, when the Bible says to me, mm. will he find faith on earth? I know it's gonna be tough at the end of the age. And I'm guessing right. that one day at a trumpets, at a, at a, at a, at a Yom Teruah, when we're at the end of the end of the end, whenever that may be, my lifetime, my kid's lifetime, that when it's tough, will he find faith on the earth? Will he still find people that when that sliver happens on that seventh month, will we still, when the chaos is all around us, will we still say, God, I'm gonna get out here. I'm gonna blow the shofar because I know your word is faithful and truth. And there is faith on the earth. And I just, I'm just excited as much as I know that we're up against some adversity. And I think people are beginning to realize it's real. This hasn't been just an idea that God's really one day gonna restore 
all of Israel and restore the nations and restore his kingdom and, and really rule and reign. I just think it's interesting right now where we're, we're seeing people just really doing like some holy wrestling, like literally holy wrestling with the Holy Spirit, trying to process this. How, how was your guys' Sukkot? I, I, how, how did Sukkot go for you guys? Yeah, brother, I'm, I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, I want to just before I do, I want to share that just something you said. I'm going to caution everyone who's listening because, you know, when we talk about the Western cultured Christianity, a church on every corner, but hearts empty, uh, you know, it's so easy for us to hear about that and think, yes, about this or that denomination or church or person in our life that we know about. And and our first reaction is oftentimes to jump and point at someone. But that what Nathan said there was not for you to use this ammunition. It was to strike your heart first. It was for you to be convicted. It was for you to look at your life and consider, am I walking in the Holy Spirit as Yeshua walked? Or am I a cultured Christianity uh, a uh, 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 person, because ultimately that simply means that we know all this stuff, but we don't do the things that Yeshua did. And so that is what confronts all of our hearts, my heart, Nathan's heart, all of our hearts, because his call is so I mean, it's he, he came on the scene and all the religious men where no one could measure up to who or to his ministry, to what he was bringing. And that's why the jealousy was indeed there. But make no mistake, the ministry he brought set people free. It delivered people all around him. So he kept the Sabbath, as you said, uh, brother, you know, he the Sabbath is holy and he kept it, but he kept it in a way that no one else liked well many most people or oh, a few people didn't like let's just say it like that uh, many of the the religious leaders as we all know they came and said you can't keep the sabbath that way by healing a sick man who do you think you are so how do you keep the sabbath how do i keep the sabbath because the way that he kept it is he healed the sick that was how he kept the fourth commandment so of course we have all of the the typical things of resting that we know but but make no mistake he says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, and this is how I keep this day holy by doing what is most holy, setting the captives free, feeding the orphan widow, the, the, the poor, being there for them, being an outpouring of living water of the Holy Spirit everywhere I go. That is what he said as an example. So, so often we've gotten stuck at at the words on the page and that we miss the person who's there doing the words of the Torah in a way that he always intended, the way that the father always intended for us all to do that with. So so that includes yeah. that includes keeping those commandments that the father called us to as he's restoring that that for, you know, for a long time, it's been the nine commandments. <laughs> Let's be honest, guys, we've called it the ten, but really it's been the nine. Uh, he's restoring back that fourth commandment to us, the beauty of that, and for it to be kept in the way he intended. But then he's also restoring back, like you just mentioned, those feast days, uh, uh, which aren't fulfilled. If you're watching this, and you're like, I don't know about that, Petey. Well, you know, let me tell you, they aren't all fulfilled. They're still in the process of being fulfilled. The Feast of Trumpets is coming, uh, is, 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 you know, we had the feast days, but the Feast of Trumpets is one where he says he's going to come 
at the blowing of a trumpet. That is what that feast is going to be fulfilled with. There's a, fe- a day of atonement. There is a feast of Sukkot, a marriage supper. So these these things that these beautiful things he's restoring. Why is he restoring it now? Why has it been lost for so long? And now is the time he's restoring it. Well, perhaps it's because it's time for us to get back on his calendar. Perhaps it's time for us to to start knowing about the times and the seasons of the second coming, just like in the the at the first coming. Remember, the Bible makes it clear that that there were certain individuals in that time who had uh, knowledge that the Messiah was going to come according to prophecy. And there were certain signs that were announcing his coming and they were looking for those signs and those signs announced his coming. And ultimately, then they knew he was the Messiah when he was there and they were readied for him. What if God is going to do things the same way that he is readying his people, that he's restoring his calendar, he's restoring his, as Nathan loves to say, the rhythm rhythms of the book back to us so that we can be ready for that second coming. So uh, just with that revelation in of itself, we should make ourselves ready for that coming. So, brother, sorry, I'm. To get to your question, uh, no, we had. Let me, let me go back yeah, go for it. When we start talking about cultural Christianity, I think a lot of times, a lot of my, my brothers and, and my sisters that, you know, that have found the rhythms of the front of the Bible and that are keeping the feasts and, and have found truth to Torah and that are trying their best to, to walk this out. We say cultural Christianity, and I can already see them. Yeah, like they're quick to like jump on it, but wait a yeah. minute, like you just said. Yeah. We all better realize. We in this sometimes this Hebraic rhythm of of Christianity, and I know we hate to, to allow ourselves to be part of the big group, but you go to the Middle East, and I was there. You go and spend time with with uh, people from Edom and Moab and Jordan in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia and Egypt and and uh, Lebanon, and you try to tell them who you are and what you believe. They're like, "Oh, you're a Christian." You're like, "No, no, 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 no. I am," uh, and like, "Oh, you believe in Jesus, Yeshua? Yes, you're a Christian." And so sometimes I feel like we get so caught up in these little, these nuances. But when I'm talking about culture Christianity, I think for some of us, we better realize the sheep and the goats ain't about what you keep. The sheep and the goats that Yeshua says will get divided. What's interesting, mm. he talks about the 10 virgins and he talks about they all had some oil and then he delayed. And then, you know, he comes and five took some extra flasks of oil and the others didn't. And we know there's this whole transition of them wanting oil and trying to take shortcuts to get oil. And they're like, go back and get it. And five were unprepared. And then it goes on. It goes in talking about talents. And it goes on talking about, you know, one was given five talents and one was given two talents and one was given one talent and... You know, the five talent guy, he did some things and he multiplied them. And the two talent guy did some things and he multiplied them. The one talent guy, he goes and he buries his talent in the in the ground. And when he it's time for him to give a reckoning, he says, you know, master, I know you're a hard man and you reap where you didn't sow and you're, you're gathering where you didn't like harvest, basically. And he says, you're right. If you know that's how difficult and how hard I am. Why didn't you at least put it in the bank to get some interest? But then the next part of scripture is Yeshua shows up and he starts speaking about what you did unto them, you did unto me. 
And he starts saying, did you feed me? Did you visit me in prison? Did you clothe me? And they're saying, uh, when did we do this to you? And he says, what you did unto them, you do unto me. I'm going to buy the sheeps and the goats by this layer in this level. And when I start thinking about the oil, then transitions right after that to the talents and scriptures, Matthew 24 and 25. He then goes into this place of him being a hard man, knowing that he expects to reap where he didn't sow. How does that happen? Wait a minute, because love never fails. And, and I believe it's in Peter that love covers a multitude of sins. And that the truth is, is when you and I begin to understand the greatness of the deliverance and the freedom and eternal life that Yeshua gave you by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you should, you should long to be that light on top of the hill. You should long to literally be the most um, loud, humble, compassionate, loving person that we know. And, and I honestly, as I read Matthew 23 and 24, 25 and 26, and I look at how he courses out the virgins with oil, and then he goes into the talents, but then he goes into the, the whole sheeps and goats thing. You know how I can give the father back the interests that he's longing for? Is the fact that when I love people, and I'm compassionate with people, I'm trying to harvest and plant seeds in soil that the Holy Spirit can say, you're mm. my son too, and you're my son too. And, and I think that just as much is that I could look at more of a normal, everyday average believer that goes to church on, on Sunday or just a little bit more, I don't wanna call them surface because I, I don't try to marginalize or mineralize people at all. Sure. But, you know, we love the time to say, listen, there's going to come a time that Yeshua says, when I say I did miracles, I raised the dead, I cast out demons. And he says, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. So, yep, you're right. Those people could walk in authority and, and, and there's still going to come a reckoning when they're going to have to give an account that they lived a a Torahless or a, 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 a biblical um, constitutionalist. They, they, they kind of made their faith their own thing and they did what they wanted to do. They're going to give an account to that one day. But you know what? We're going to give the exact same account because he's going to look at people around that have, that have mm -hmm. tried to walk this thing out. And he's going to say, actually, what you did to them, you did to me. And the language is even different. He says, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And I'm sure depart for me is a really bad thing. But there's no ifs, ands, or buts when he says to the sheeps and goats. He says to you goats, you're going into the lake. You're, you're, getting, you're getting burned up. And, and I think there should be a catch in some of our hearts before, mm -hmm. like you just said, before we get so quick to think of what cultural Christianity is. Guys, it's God's calling you into the whole gospel, not only to walk out truth, but to actually be the hands and feet of Yeshua to actually not just do the typical, how you do your normal, go to church on Sabbath or go to church on your Sunday, whatever. Like he, he wants your life. Mm. He, he wants all of you. 
if if you're not ready to surrender all to him, I'm telling you, you won't be prepared for what's ahead. And that's not to strike fear in the hearts of men and, and start to strike fear into the hearts of that's people. That's the truth. But our God's got an answer, and he he's made a way, and he took a cost, and he provided the power, and he's provided the the strength in the community. He's did it all. I think it's Isaiah when he talks about the vineyard that he he preps it and primes it perfectly. He gives it the greatest he gives it the greatest tower and the greatest land and he 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 sets it up like the most juiciest like like home run, right? Like it's just like a hanging curveball that you should just be able to crush out of the park. God's given us all of it. I'm knocking lights over. I'm so I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm ripped up. I'll 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 I'll, I'll I'll step back here. No, brother. You know, and I think the big question is is to go on with that analogy and that scripture you were using of that father's going to come and look at where we invested. You know, where are like he invested in each of us? That is why we are where we're at. He's investing in people. And what does it mean to invest in something or someone? It's to say I believe that you're worth something. I believe that you can do something and I believe so much that you can do something of worth and value in this world that I'm going to invest in that I'm going to that's a there's a cost to investing in something. And that's what he did. He paid a price to invest in each of us. And then after that payment, which is the greatest payment ever made with his own life, He's going to expect interest. At least he's going to expect something in return, like any good investor would. And the question is, is where are you invested? Because we as people now are going to invest ourselves in different things in this world or in the things of the kingdom of God. You know, I was thinking about this earlier, brother, when you think about Israel, and their issue, why they were really so sitting so long in the wilderness, 40 years, it's because they were too invested in the wrong place. They were invested in their slavery. And some of us are invested in our slavery still. And because we're invested in slaveries, that's why we're looking back. Keep, we, we are, we're OK a few days and we keep looking back at our slavery, that which we're supposed to be free from. We're supposed to be running forward towards something new, but we keep looking back. And Yeshua, he spoke and he said, the one who puts his hand to the plow, but he does it, you know, without confidence, basically, he's looking back. He's not worthy. He's not ready. And so we as a people, we need to stand up and realize that God is preparing us. He's calling us to put our hand to the plow and 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 sow and partake in the harvest and not look back. Stop cut cut out all of the investments in the slaveries of your life, the things of your life that have that have taken a hold the melons and leeks of Egypt that captivate your heart, that ke keeps being the excuse for you to wanting to go back to instead of the promised land that's ahead of you. But that promised land ahead of you, it's difficult sometimes because there's giants. There's 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 a wilderness I need to go through. There's all kinds of uh, trials and, and perhaps even persecutions, as we've been talking about tonight. But the question is, is do you believe that he is who he says he is, the deliverer, the one who will take you through all of these persecutions? The one who will protect you, the one who will carry you on eagle's wings, as he says, I will do to you, Israel. That is who he is. And so 
so if we think of him as the one who invests in us, what are we going to do with that? That's what I would add also to what you're saying, brother. So, yeah, brother, I, I, yeah, that's good. I, I would. And, and really what I guess the practical of what we're just talking about here is, is look at the life of Yeshua. He walked in truth as we talked about, but then he also walked in the Holy Spirit. And so I think it's, it's important for us all to, to cry to the father and seek Lord, how can we be used like Moses was used, like Peter was used, like all of these disciples were powerfully used. I mean, Philip, I just look at him and he's like going to Samaria and he's casting out demons there. And that's causing some the, the Samaritans to just believe in this Messiah. So like, how could what what could happen if we had the same faith to start stepping out and believing for those things, even if we don't see it in our circles and our groups? I've been there. I understand how it can be hard to believe for something you're not seeing right now. But blessed is he who sees, but who doesn't believe, who, who doesn't see, but yet believes. That is what the father is going to reward. So, bro, share with me it, what happened at Sukkot. At, yeah, up, up yeah. So, yeah. oh man, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know what you're saying there is, I think, and I get it. In a lot of these circles, when it comes to, you know, what you feel like the Holy Spirit, like God, what you know the Father brought you from South Africa to America for was to, I believe, to help help show people an authentic, holy and wholesome place of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and, and I think the timing of, of when you felt the Father called you here and in the last 15, 20 years of, of this awakening of getting back to the ancient paths and, and reestablishing a, a biblical baseline, right? The elementaries yeah. of what Hebrews 6 would talk about. I, I almost think of when I'm at a beach, if I would take my 10 fingers and, 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 and just get, grab a hold of the sand and, and right at the shoreline, pull it back, right? As the waters come and they go, first there had to be the canal, right? Or mm -hmm. when I have a cup, it's made to be full, but if I don't have a cup, I can't fill anything. And I thank the Father and His wisdom and His providence, and, and I'm not, I don't have an in on this. It's just as I've sat back and, and tried to observe, I, I think what we're beginning to experience now is the Father honestly is, is about to confirm his word in a profound, powerful way. And Amen. the Holy Spirit, I believe many of times when we've gathered corporately, wherever you've gathered at, in your house, at a congregation, his power has always been available. He, he's always been there. Right. I think too often we just are afraid. we're waiting on God oftentimes we're waiting on God but really he's waiting on us and and it's almost like when he does show up we're like the children of Israel at the mountain right like Moses you go up there and you talk <laughs> to him because it is uncomfortable when God's in the room right and right. I think because it's holy and yes there's a there's an ultimate place of like intimacy with him and and beauty with him and and relationship with him but he's still this holy, righteous, pure, consuming, majestic king, creator. And when he shows up, it you can want to move along a little faster, right? Let's change songs. Let's end the service. Let's let's break fellowship. 
for some reason, when he begins to move, it just kind of gets us uncomfortable. And so mm. just to give you a, a testimony of, of, uh, of Sukkot and, and while I'm, I'm really believing, you know, in my last 18 months overseas, I really feel that this, this Sukkot, and I won't, I won't get into it tonight. There's, it would be a whole nother three hour conversation of, of why I feel the father took me overseas and, and what he started showing me is I had a lot of expectancy at this Sukkot. I, I think this Sukkot um, was a threshold um, for some, some, some reasons that I'm not going to get into tonight, but I had an expectancy of some, some things that could have happened overseas and some things that could start happening in the Sukkot's. Um, and I just believe that God's getting ready to make a distinction and confirm his truth. And I believe the power of God is going to be continue to be more visual, but this is what it's important. And this is what people out there watching need to know. Just because signs and wonders show up doesn't mean it's God. Yeah. Because the Bible says is that, that he will send false prophets. And Yeshua says in Matthew 23 and 24, there'll be war wars and rumors of wars. And there'll, there'll be many that come in my day and say that I'm right. he. And I think Yeshua is saying, there's going to be many of people that show up that actually say, hey, I'm Yeshua. Like, not like I'm Yeshua, but Yeshua actually was Yeshua and then lead him astray. And, and then he starts talking about false prophets and, and these things. The Torah gives us kind of a, a great baseline. If someone shows up and they and they come in power and they're trying to teach you to go away from the commandments of Yah, God's testing you to see will you follow your eyes or will you continue to trust the, the kingdom constitution? And so uh that's a that's a a precursor, but at this Sukkot, we um man, we established the prayer thing and and, and it was such a such a just a a, a time of, of several hundred believers coming together and and there was the middle of the Sukkot there was a night of worship and it became such a holy moment that in this room of you know three four hundred and there, there's the Davidic circle going and they're dancing and 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 he just came into the room and I don't even like using that language because I I don't think that it's like, hey, Holy Spirit, rain on me. I think like in the first Torah portion, the waters, um, the four rivers watered the earth from the inside out. I think um, it's not Holy Spirit come down. I think sometimes it's Father, just manifest yourself. You're already in me. You're, you're, you're part of us. You're, you're, there's a deposit of you. And yes, we can be filled full and, and there's outpourings and, and stuff that we see in Scripture. But the tangible presence of the Father began to really manifest at Sukkot during this night of worship. And the Davidic circle just stopped and people were getting on their face and, and they were weeping. And the, the worship leader was coming off the platform and the people were just singing and, and worshiping the Lord. And, and there was this holy moment where, you know, uh, it was said through the microphone, maybe some of you in the room should just take off your glasses. And maybe some of you in the room should just take out your hearing aid. The truth of the matter is, you don't know what the Father's trying to do in this moment if you don't step out in faith. And what was interesting is, is uh, I don't know if I saw anyone actually take their glasses off. And I, I heard testimonies that a few people did take them off. And after, after it all settled down, uh, someone said, can I put my glasses back on now? And 
and but <laughs> that night passes on right we wake up the next morning and there's this this amazing little six-year-old girl who's already a walking miracle and and uh god has been so faithful in her life but she had up to that point a lot of medical issues and and her eyesight was affected from since birth and she had some really thick glasses like thick and the next morning her mom went to tell her to put her glasses on and she said mom i don't need my glasses i can see and she's like Bye. okay okay well <laughs> we go everyone goes to breakfast that morning right and um she's six i mean she's not two she's she kind of my daughter's seven my daughter at six knows what she's talking about you know all right and uh they come and someone shares it with me and i'm like are you for real and they're like yeah man like she she has they told me she some of her visual struggles if she doesn't have her glasses on she gets headaches her face gets tired because she needs them so much because of how bad her vision was without them and and so her mom was like, okay, I guess. And like, they're trying to like test her a little bit in there and like have her like see stuff. And she's seeing things more clear than that they can. And so wow. everyone's just kind of watching. Everyone's kind of watching her feet. And, and uh, the next day, the mom's like, yep, still no glasses. The next day, still no glasses. The next day, I just got off the phone with them a little bit earlier, just to, on, on another topic. And they said, um, we put our glasses back on her and this her, her testimony was mom they're scratchy they're dirty and everything's blurry i can't see with them on oh and phrase then, and so praise god what 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 i and i've seen other miracles like I've, I've i can honestly attest to multiple tangible um uh what would they say uh it's it's us i can uh what's the word I can verify, right? It's 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 a, uh, it's ten. Like I can actually assess the reality of the miracle. It's not like, hey, my back was hurting, and now my back's not hurting, and now that, that people, God doesn't heal backs, right? But sometimes, you know what I'm saying. We've been around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, my leg grew out, right? There's some well, of these things you mean that things are, that are you mean things that are easily verified, right? sure, right? Or right. or who can't? But so this little girl at that night, and it that whole time at Sukkot, things just shifted and, and people were getting breakthroughs and people were having vivid dreams. And, and um, a testimony of a, a woman had a dream and in the dream, somebody at the camps, father-in-law was in the dream and she got the name of the guy's, the father-in-law's name. And she's like, I've never had this. And so she went and was like, this is gonna sound strange, but do you have a father-in-law name? And that was the name of the father-in-law. and. And there was all these little God wink wow. moments, right? That I Word just knowledge. And yeah, right. And the truth is what's beautiful about this night at Sukkot, it wasn't a man laying on a hand. And I'm not against I will put a hand yeah. on somebody, I will pray for somebody, I will do whatever I saw sure. you would do, whatever, right? But I love the fact that in this movement, we're already at times a little bit super cautious. To we don't want duped again. We don't want a, a, a fleshly manifestation of an emotionalism. We want sure. authenticity. We're not against it. We just want the real McCoy. And so sure. for this night, it wasn't even a person on the platform. It was just a corporate 
the presence of God is here. It's like the centurion. Centurion said, Yeshua, I'm a man of authority. I don't need you to take time to come to my house. You speak it. Right. I know what's going to happen. And and so I, I'm just excited for so many of us on here, PD, that have been laboring and that have been, you know, uh, just trying to do Bible things, Bible ways. I believe that we are entering into a phase in the restoration of the kingdom of God where the Father is going to holy and wholesomely and authentically begin to show people that the Bible is true. There is power in obedience. There is um, blessing in obedience. There is a distinction and that, you know what? Some of these things aren't quote unquote, what I say is salvific, but the Father is going to show how and why they are so important in the days ahead. And he is going to make a distinction and I just, I want all of my brothers and sisters that have, that have a heart that has been getting wooed back to, to the scriptures and actually walking out the Bible and the front of the book to begin to say, you know what, God, I believe that you're the God who sees and hears. And if you begin, you begin to pray for authenticity and holy and wholesome and the real expression and the real showing up of him, the Holy Spirit, you're going to begin to see him in ways because truthfully we need him for what's ahead and, and what we're navigating and what we're entering into and, and some of the things that I, uh, eventually I feel the Holy Spirit's gonna maybe give me permission to talk about, I, I, I don't ever know if I ever, I may go to my death and never feel like I was ever released to some of the things that I feel like the <laughs> Father has taken me to show me because it's just, it, it's. I can never get it out. So I, I've learned like, Father, I'm not going to try to get it out. You're, you're going to allow me to say what I need to say when I need to say it. Um, mm -hmm. But I do, PD. I, I think we're entering in to a time in biblical history that God is getting ready to show the people who truly have labored and has a heart for truth, mm -hmm. but aren't afraid to allow the authenticity of him to move. We're going to begin to see, I think, a much more Con consistent presence of Amen. him. Absolutely, yeah. brother. Thanks for sharing that testimony. Like, praise God for that, guys. Like, everyone in the chat, like, just praise God for that girl who he just touched. And that was a sign, bro. I love it because that was a sign to that entire congregation of his power. And, you know, if there's anyone in such a place who's like, I'm not sure about this stuff, I'm not sure if God, you know. It's a sign for them to see. And so, yeah, brother, we could I agree with, you, you know, we sh there's a there's a caution that we should always have because, yes, um, uh, the, the scriptures warn us about false uh, signs of wonders or people who lead you away. But if the message is of the gospel and leads us to the father and to his commandments, let us open our heart, like really open. And, and I think there has to be even with you know, I get caution, but there has to also be vulnerability. There also has to be us being willing to step out and take a risk because that is what faith requires of us. And so I believe that that's where, he, where he's calling us. And, and brother, that's what you just shared. All of that, just to connect it to where we've been, been with this is that is the lamp. That is the oil. That is how we're going to stand before him with with a burning lamp, because we ensured that the Holy Spirit was not just 
not just uh, I, I used this analogy the other day, like like he want he's a river of water, living water. He wants to flow from us. And some of us want to put him up in a dam and we don't want we want control because he may may make us look bad and he may put us in an uncomfortable spot and it feels but there's a vulnerability that's needed in trusting him, opening those floodgates, letting him move through us and then see what he does. You know, brother, I'll, I'll add this last um, thing as we're wrapping up here tonight. Uh, I was at Father just blessed me to be this year at youth camps. And I was before just a lot of kids, hundreds of kids throughout all of them. And 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 I saw among the youth faith like I have never seen in my life, to be honest with you, like the father is doing something among young people. And it challenges me because I'm sharing a testimony with them and they see it and they're believing for even bigger things of what I than what I shared. And they're coming forward in faith and belief for those bigger things for themselves and in their families. And we just see the father like immediately touch them, change them. And I had the pleasure of the Sukkot meeting a mother who her child, one of her child children just happened to be at one of the youth camps uh, at a, in a different state. And she said that because of the movings of the spirit, not I didn't do anything again. This is like just like like you said, brother, like the, the spirit is moving and he moves independent of us. He moves whether sometimes whether we want him to move or not, he'll move. But nevertheless, he moved and 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 she came back and said, my daughter, she she got encountered. She saw things and, and, and her depression left her and all these things that she's been struggling with left her. You see, or but it takes faith. It takes that childlike faith. This is, that's why Yeshua said this is who the kingdom belongs to. And what if we some of us, you know, we, we grow up in faith sometimes, but sometimes growing up is dangerous. Sometimes we need to become children again. Because sometimes we we know too much, at least we think we do. Let me say, and 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 we we're easy to let our our, our mind, our carnal mind, and we call it logic. And, and there's nothing I'm not, not against logic, but sometimes we let our carnal mind of what is practical and what is possible get in the way. Just like those disciples on the boat with Yeshua, and and they're professional fishermen. They know how to do this, and Yeshua comes to them, and he's like just cast the net to the other side of the boat. And they're like, what? And we all know what happens next. What if Yeshua is telling all of us, he's saying, cast your net to the other side of your boat. You may think you've got it all figured out, but just trust me, open yourself up to what I'm asking you to do and see how my spirit brings about a great harvest of fish, fishers of men, a harvest of men in our lives. Let him do that in us. So, um, Brother, I want to I want to just end reading the scripture here. Um, yeah, Isaiah 49. Let me pull it up here. Isaiah 49, verse 15. And this is just a, a word that I would like us to just think about as we conclude. He says, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget. You. So I want to remind everyone that the father is saying, just like you won't ever forget your children, even a nursing child, how much more he says, I will not forget you. He's not going to leave us in the dust. He's not going to forget about us. Remember that when things get hard in your life, do not fear, but remember 
who fights for you. Brother, could you share with us just any concluding thoughts yeah, and, and, and and then end up with a, end with a prayer for us? I would appreciate that. Yeah, type, type in Micah chapter 5 real quick, verses 7 through 9. Micah 5, verses 7 through 9. I, want, I wanted to just throw that up. Let me read this to you real quick. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. This goes on, and it says, uh, Then a remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people, like dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass, which delay not for a man, nor wait for the children of man. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the nations, and the midst of many peoples, look at this, like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion amongst the flocks of the sheep, which when it goes through, treads down and tears in pieces, and there's none to deliver. Your hand shall be lifted up over your adversaries, and all of your enemies will be cut off. This, this is such an amazing, and I could preach out of Micah for so long, but this is a, a saying that when we're in the nations, there's coming a time when you're going to be like the lion amongst a, a, a flock of, 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 of lambs, of sheep. And, and you literally, what it's saying there is that the lion's in you and he's going to empower us. We know tribulation's coming. We know persecutions around the corner. We, we understand through scripture, and maybe you don't, but I'm telling you, it's coming. It's not if. One day, we're, we're navigating through it. I've heard the audible voice, and people think I'm, and I don't even care because it's just the truth. I've heard Yahweh twice in my life speak to me. And the first time, it was the book of Amos, Amos. He woke me up out of, out of my sleep in the middle when I was in prison 13 years ago, and he said, Amos, Amos. And for all the readers, all the, the people on here tonight, I would encourage you, go read the book of Amos. Go read the book of Zechariah right now. Because we won't get into much of the prophetic tonight because of our time. But the, that I heard him one time say, Amos, Amos. And the second time I've heard the voice of God when we started doing the tent meetings. He said, Nathan, if you knew a storm was coming, what would you do? And if you knew a storm was coming, what would you tell the people? And that's when this whole tent ministry thing that I, I, we, we launched out in, during COVID. But this verse, go meditate on Micah chapter five verses seven and eight and to realize that god is for you and that if you will just surrender if you will just press in if you will begin to build what i call your god consciousness which is talking to him spending time with him you see the more you talk to the holy spirit throughout your day literally out loud talking i don't care if people think you're crazy the more you spend time talking to him, you know what you're doing? You're building the fabrics of faith. You're building a tangibility of how real he is in your life. Because I'm telling you, I have so many conversations with him and people may think I'm talking to myself, but I've seen him and you watching this have seen him move in your life. You saw him be tangible and deliver you from that addiction. Or even right now, maybe you're battling with some anxiety, some suicidal ideation. You're in the middle of a struggle, a dogfight, and he's speaking to you, right? Or maybe it's been in the past. Wherever you've been, you've experienced God in your life. And the more you will just let him consume you. We don't have time for anything else. To be honest, you don't have time for your video games. You don't have time for your movies on Netflix. You don't have time for a lot of your other hobbies and things that maybe aren't bad. Some of those things aren't bad, 
But the question is in where we are in biblical history, where we are in what you feel and what your eyes are seeing of overseas. And of course, this isn't the first time there's ever been wars, but something is different now because we're seeing the gospel of the kingdom, the full Bible beginning to be circulated. People that are beginning to come back into Torah, coming back into the, the rhythms of the front of the book. We all feel it. It's time for you watching this to lay it down. And, and I don't want it to feel like I'm, I'm critical or I'm harsh because as much as I'm speaking to you, I'm always talking to me. But I'll tell you, I'm in a place where I have to continue to die. I got to continue to die daily so he may increase. I need, I need to be surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. If, if, if I'm having idle time or if I'm having time that's not kingdom, that's not God-centered, Yah-centered, kingdom-minded, it's time for you, me, all of us. It's time to shift a gear. It's time to be the people of the book. It's time to stand in confidence. It's time to realize if you will pay the cost right now and press in and giving Yahweh your time, your energy, your effort, watch how he begins to manifest himself in real, tangible, quantitatable, victorial, I made that victorious, <laughs> You're going to start watching him move, move in your life. And, I, but, and I'm serious, though. And so I hopefully just can challenge you on here tonight. Um, some of the listeners that, that follow just the ministries. It's time to, to die. It's time to become a living sacrifice. It's time to be crucified to him. It's time to let the words in red really rule your life, which does mean love your neighbor which does mean God never called you to pull people's weeds, but he called you to plant seeds. It's time for you to be the light. It's time for the kindness of the Lord to bring people back to repentance. It's time for you to feed the orphan, help the stranger, help the widow, because it's that kindness that brings people into repentance. And that's the talent that God's calling you into. And so um, Maybe we can, in a few weeks, circle back around and try to get a little bit more on some of the prophetic relevancies. But whenever you and I get on the phone or on this, all we do is just talk about him and, and seeing his tangible delivering power in hand. And, and at the end of the day, I can die a happy man knowing that he's with me. Amen, brother. Thank you for sharing that with us. Could you uh, pray for everyone on the stream today? <sighs> Father, I, I just thank you, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Father, tonight we agree with the adversary. He accuses us and we agree. He accuses us of ego. He accuses us of, of attitude. He accuses us of the works of the flesh. He accuses us of, of all of our shortcomings. And to be honest, Father, we say yes, we agree with the adversary quickly, but we thank you that we stand before you by the blood of the lamb, the righteousness of Messiah. And Father, because of him and him alone, nothing good inside of me or inside of Petey or any of us watching this, we didn't come into truth on our own, Father. It's because we heard your voice. And because we heard your voice, we should be the most humble, contrite people. And, and tonight, Father, as I'm hearing even my daughter, Jordan River, cry, God, let our prayers to you be like crying tears of a child. That, Father, even tonight, that for anybody who watches this stream, 
God, I challenge you in your own way, Father. I don't challenge you. I challenge the listener in their own way. Maybe they should take off their glasses tonight. Maybe they should take out their hearing aid tonight. Maybe they should stand up and put some pressure on the ankle that's supposed to be strained. Maybe they should, you speak to them, but God, I, I have confidence of the fabric of the reality of who you are. And you're the God that sees us. You won't leave us orphans. Yeshua said, in this world, we will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because he has overcame the world. And so, Father, I ask that we cast out all fear that torments. And I speak, Father, even through screens as people are scattered across the, the earth, I ask, Holy Father, by your Holy Spirit, will you empower your people tonight? Will you, will you let people email email and message PD about in this stream where you spoke and you moved and something shifted because God, I believe that you are just that real and you're preparing your people for what's ahead. And I just say, Father, thank you for just your mercy and your compassion. And it's in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Um, I want to just share with everyone just a few of the messages on the chat here tonight. Um, Clifton Susan Funk says, eyes being healed is something special to me as I'm believing that my glaucoma will be healed. Um, so Father, we just speak to that right now in the name of Yeshua. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for uh, her eyes, Lord, to be healed right now. We command any glaucoma, any disease of the eye to go, Lord, and all blindness, we cast it out. And I thank you, Lord, or opening her eyes to see clearly in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Okay. Amen. Caring, caring heart said, uh, loved hearing of the young girl of six years who Yeshua healed her eyes. What a wonderful work he did and her little heart as well. Praise Yeshua. Amen to that. Um, Amanda Horner said, Amen. Confession. I'm one who tells him later when I shouldn't. I need to do more secret time, continue to dive the flesh, fire, refine time. Amen. I believe that you're not alone, Amanda. May that be all of our prayers. Amy says love covers a multitude. Amen to that. And John Jones also says exactly his message. It's all gone now. Still love. So uh, amen, brothers and sisters. So I would like to just conclude for us here tonight that everything we talked about is to equip you to be transformed and to be a someone who transforms others around you through the empowerment of God through you. Remember that he has called us to be a temple of the spirit and that everywhere you go, the spirit should manifest. What does it mean for a temple of the living God to be situated in the middle of a Walmart? What does it mean for the temple of, of God to be situated in the middle of your classroom or wherever you are? If we can't get ourselves in a place where we can offer worship of spirit and truth in those everyday places, how could we offer spirit and truth when, dare I even say, a knife is against our throat or when, when, when something is coming our way that is more difficult than we can imagine right now, things that right now are occurring in, in certain parts of the world. We feel so isolated. 
But remember that most of the world is not the West. Most people do not have the comfort we do. Don't take this for granted, forgetting about the light that God has called you to be. Use this opportunity to, to of the boot camp to be trained up in the spirit. Nathan, before I go, we go, could you just share with there's a few people asking, uh, do you have a channel, a ministry? How could people find more of your things? Uh, can you share with them? Yeah, man, I I'm a. I'm, uh, yeah, I, what's interesting in that is, is that I've been so intentional in the last several years of my life is that we love to create, people love to create, and I've been trying to decreate everything that I've created and just be a living witness to him. So you can, um, you can Google, like if you YouTube the whole testimony, if you went on to YouTube and just typed in like Nathan Harmon's testimony, you'll see the whole story of, um, but, um, you can go online at nathanharmon.org or Wilderness Driven, my family and I. And, and uh, if you just really just Google Nathan Harmon, you'll see a lot of different stuff that pops up. Some of it you're going to be like, man, he was just talking like holy fire, holy spirit. And now he's talking like mental health, substance abuse and didn't even mention the Lord. Because a lot of the stuff that I do is like I've been able to uh, get into the high schools, into the colleges um, and the public sector where they hate God. <laughs> and and well, we're praise trying God to for the opportunity. Light. Right. And we're trying to be a light in there. And uh, so there's just tons of video and tons of content. But yeah, um, if you go to uh, just if you go to NathanHarmon.org and if we have a mailing list and a lot of the stuff that we're doing in Jordan and a lot of stuff that we're doing overseas and, and, and what we're working, moving into some tent meetings starting again this this spring and, and stuff that hopefully I can get uh, my brother that I'm on the screen with right now, we can, we can, I'm looking forward to if Yahweh grants and graces us enough time. I'm, I'm, I felt like the father had paused me for a year and a half to show me some things and take me really on a deep place of just dying um, for maybe the next chapter of what my family is called to do. So I'm looking forward and I feel released to kind of put my hand back mm -hmm. to the plow a little bit. So right. anyways, I love you guys. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. I really appreciate you joining me here tonight, brother. Uh, thank you for sharing that testimony and all that God is doing. Guys, thank you all for joining us. If you want to join us next time alive, maybe you missed this one, you're watching the replay, you can join us by texting Yeshua to 94000. That's Yeshua to 94000. And uh, you'll get a text when we go live. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time. Many blessings to you and Shalom.